What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Player One versus the World Strange Cast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Adnan. My co-host, Adam, is here. Adam, you're here. How are you? I'm good. I'm in a new space. Yay. It's not fully set up, but it's it's mostly set up. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. Indeed. Um, if you are watching on the video version on YouTube, Adam is in a new space, new, um, well, moved your life quite a lot, didn't you? In between things. Yeah. So um, yeah. He's, no, no green screen though. So unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. It, will, it will be back. But as I said, this is on the video version. So if you're listening up to us on podcast services, we are on YouTube with video version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so we're back now after two very heavy episodes on the remaster collection. There will be remaster collection in this episode as well, but nowhere near as much as the last two, um, which is probably good as well. I feel like we um, there was a, there was very mixed feelings about that entire experience, um, and we got a very Thanks. heavy. Sh- well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of moaning, and I love moaning as people who listen to this podcast know. Um, but yeah, it's so like, you know, we had a lot there, so we're kind of going to go a bit different direction with this. We had actually a topic segment, but we've removed that because there's a lot of news, a lot of news mm-hmm. around Don't Know, around Life is Strange in general, so we kind of formatted the entire show around this. And I imagine there's going to be a lot to talk about anyway. But before we get into that as well, um, just a quick update. There will be a new Life After Strange episode this month. Yay! Yay. It's actually already it's already been recorded. I've done it early this month. Uh, it will be out in the middle of March, I expect. Um, so that'll be episode 29, 29th guest. And it will be in someone from True Colors again. So um, I hope you're looking forward to mm, exactly. And <laughs> speaking of True Colors, Adam Segway. Um Ooh. We kick things off with BAFTA news. So the BAFTA Game Awards nominations are in. I'm going to go straight to the press release. So this is on the 3rd of March. BAFTA has today announced the nominations for the 2022 BAFTA Games Awards, celebrating the very best in games of 2021 and highlighting an outstanding level of creative excellence from a broad range of UK and international development teams. So the award ceremony will take place on April 7th at Queen Elizabeth Hall Southbank in London. Um, don't care about the presenter it'll be on BAFTA's channel as well so the ceremony will see winners in 18 categories recognising a range of crafts performances and games Um, all awards are voted by BAFTA's membership of games industry professionals with the exception of EE Game of the Year award which is voted by the public so there's that so 16 categories have been announced today Um, a further two have been will be announced at a later date so whilst we're recording they've not actually been announced yet which in itself was a big one because I was like, where is Erica Mori for Best Performer? And I was like, there's something missing there. And probably maybe even um, Katie Benz for supporting as well. I wouldn't rule that out. But um, yeah, so we got the nominations in. So Life is Strange, True Colors is nominated for two BAFTAs. One is for animation and the other one mm. is for narrative. Um, and on top of that as well, just in general, to kind of give you a scope of the entire um, BAFTAs, there's um, 39 games have been nominated. Um, eight nominations for Rotorum and It Takes Two. They're the most. Um, seven nominations for Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Six nominations each for Horizon and Psychonauts 2. Five nominations for Deathloop. Um, nominations in Games Beyond Entertainment, which I'm surprised Life is, Life is Strange isn't in there, but I imagine we'll come on to yeah. as well because it has um, has appeared in similar categories and whatnot over the um, last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. and before, I let, before we discuss this as well, I'm going to run you through it. So in... Animation, Call of Duty Vanguard, It Takes Two, um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Life is Strange, True Colors, and Psychonauts 2, and um, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. So they are the nominees in that category. And the other one was Narrative, which I'm clicking on now. And that will give you It Takes Two, 
Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvin's, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Psychonauts 2, Retur- um, Returnal. Re- yeah. oh, I completely misread that. Returnal. Um, Returnal. And, and uh, Unpacking. So yes. those are the nominations that Life is Strange, True Colors are mm. in. Adam, yeah, we've missed a lot of news, but <laughs> Adam, yeah, how, how do we feel about this? Um, okay, so can I be blunt? Of course. And- <laughs> of course. Well, who am I talking to? <laughs> the master of blunt. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to be very blunt and say, in comparison to the other nominations, I don't think Life of Strange True Colors is going to win either category. Uh, if we're going to be talking animations, especially if we're going against Psychonauts 2 and It Takes Two, uh, It Takes Two had pretty i'm not trying to say the true colors had bad animation it had fantastic animation it had one of the best mocaps you've ever seen in any video game ever mm-hmm. um however it's just there's there i i feel like there's a difference between mocap animation and well i mean there was mocap in it takes two i don't know what i'm talking about but i don't know there was just a certain way that it was it was a very unique way of style in terms of the animation and it takes two. I was very impressed with it. Same thing goes for Psychonauts 2, I feel like. Now, narrative, I haven't played it yet. It's coming to Game Pass March 10th, so I'm planning on playing it, but apparently the narrative in Guardians of the Galaxy is like really, really phenomenal. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, my favorite gaming podcast, uh, Cheap Ass Gamer, or even Wombat, who hates narrative. Well, it doesn't hate narratives, but you know, very hard to read. Even he says it's phenomenal. Like he loves the narrative. So it's just like, I'm going to be blunt and say like, it's, it's great that they're, they're nominated, uh, but in, in the comparison of the other ones, I don't think they're going to win. Yeah. It's, um, it's a tough yeah. year for true colors. Cause like those two categories, um, I think animation has its best chance of winning something, but in that category, I like, think so. like you said, you've played, it takes two as well. So you, I know mm-hmm. that you've raved about it as well. It's like in itself, like oh, yeah. the category that's in there is quite competitive for, um, animation. And then like with narrative as well, um, you know, guardians of the galaxy talk, I believe it took the game, game of the year, a game awards. Um, wait, what? Uh, no, it didn't take, I think it was not, no, I don't think even think it was nominated for game of the year, but it did win, oh, did win best narrative there. Actually, That's I, what think I think it I'm, did win best narrative. Whilst, so. you, whilst you look that up, I'm pretty sure it won something, which was in the in category with life is strange, true colors that in that category, my kind of like bets that are already on um, guardians of the galaxy to go for it. It was, it, you know, it, well, it wasn't commercial success as a square Enix revealed in its fiscal report. Well, according to square Enix anyway, um, but it was very, very popular claimed. And from what I can tell as, and from what I've heard myself from other people, it is worth your time, which obviously I will get to at some point. Um, so I think yes, that would those... did win game award for best narrative. That's one, not the game of the year. So it won uh, best narrative. So there's kind of like an early indicator. Not that obviously Jeff Keighley's ceremony means anything because well, <laughs> no, no, Cause, but cause, like, cause you know how I feel about Jeff Keighley and um, the game was, <laughs> but like, um, it's, it's just kind of like a, a bit of a taster in terms of like, maybe that's going to happen again. I think realistically with the BAFTA um, games award, I think it will go to Guardians. Um, so I think like in the two categories, it's really hard at this point. And I think like it would be a big, big um, surprise if it took at least one of them. Obviously, like I said, like I was a bit surprised when the two um, lead performance supporting role weren't nominated yet. Right. And um, that in itself was like, right. And obviously True Colors will be nominated. And those, I think 
Erica Mori will get nominated for Best Actor uh, or Best Lead Performer. But I think I she's, hope so. Yeah, but I think she's going to lose to um, uh, Maggie Robertson for Lady, Lady, for Lady Demetrescu. Oh, she's swept the wall. Again, she's, she's twice swept, in a row. She swept it from everything. I think she won um, um, Maggie. She won. Um, she she won an in Game Awards. She won uh, Best. Uh... She won something recently as well. Was it the Dice Awards as well? Oh yeah, I think she won that. Yeah, because I, 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 right. I saw a picture of um, I believe Web Matter and um, Erica Matter as well, and they had pictures. But she's, I'm not um, saying that she didn't deserve it. Like I'm not trying to say anything like that. Um, I'm even looking at best performances is Maggie Robertson. Yep, as Lady 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 D, Lady, Lady D, Lady D, Demetrusk. Demetrusk. Yeah, Lady D. Lady D. Um, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel a bit, um. Maybe I'm being a bit biased, but I feel like Erica Mori should be challenging more for these awards in terms of like, yes, because I feel like I, 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 her story I, is phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like I, I like um, Lady Demetrescu. I think it was a great performance for Maggie Robertson. I think like the almost like the marketing was a bit, little bit misleading of how much we thought she was going to be in the game. And like that doesn't mean that someone shouldn't win something for less screen time. You know, you only have to look at Hannibal Lecter from Anthony Hopkins to see where you can win an Oscar for being on such right. low screen time. But I think like. It's weird that Alex Chen is getting overlooked for how good that performance really is. Like that performance is seminal from Erica Mori. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. So I feel right. like she should really have like at least snagged one of these, uh, like kind of a surprise. Maybe it's just bias, but I think realistically that. So I think in this again, I think she's in a tough task. She could win it. She could surprise us. I wish she wins it as well. And, you know, Erica, best of luck as well. If you are somehow managed to stumble across my channel and cry again, you know, best of luck. Um, so like, in itself, I'd love to see her win it. I think she deserves sure. to win it. And I think like it's a good challenge for her as well. I think maybe she can challenge this category. When, when we get the nominees, obviously other games, you've got Guardians, actors I imagine will get nominated. I imagine some other games, someone from It Takes Two, I don't know. Like It's, it's hard to kind of predict who's going to win that. So I think that's kind of one. The one I'm now kind of like leaning towards in my, my kind of dark horse prediction is that in the best supporting category, Katie Benz gets nominated for Steph Gingrich. And then from that, she can challenge. Because yeah. she's not, because like, it's weird. So like, even all the performance ones, well, like the game awards, they don't have a best supporting one. And it's a bit weird. I feel like in those kind of categories, like the, there should always be a best supporting thing. So I feel like we haven't really had a full gauge of like, who's going to get nominated for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like my, my dark horse prediction is that Katie Benz could get nominated for BAFTA for Steph Gingrich in supporting and then challenge. And I think she could realistically win that because of how much yeah. the emphasis on Steph. Um because I, I know that um, in, this, in the year that Life is Strange 2 was nominated, so obviously Gonzalo Martin won the BAFTA for mm-hmm. lead actor or best perform, whatever they call the award. And then in yeah. the supporting category, they had two, remember? So they had um, Jolene Anderson for, um, oh, what's the name now? Karen, for Karen Reynolds, um, yes. was nominated for best supporting. And also um, Sarah um, Barfomi was nominated for Cassidy. So they had mm-hmm. two in that category. So they actually, and it was two very stellar um, characters as well, to be honest. Um, so they were both nominated in the same year, in the same category. And obviously, like, you know, um, I think realistically, that's the one. My dark horse prediction is that I feel like maybe I'm hoping Katie gets nominated for Best Supporting. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever it does happen, I mean, at, at the uh, here's the thing, Ed, and at the end of the day, this is all like British nominations. And we all understand that British don't really matter. Uh, USA, USA, USA. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't think any of these really actually matter at the long run. Do, do, do you agree with me, Adnan, that the British don't really matter? 
Yeah, I was just about to drop an F bomb, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm trying to keep myself calm on this position. Um, well, yeah, awards, award ceremonies or whatever. And I think like I, yeah. I, I do plan on revisiting True Colors at some point because I really want to mm-hmm. go back and play it. I, I feel like maybe my mind will change a little bit when I go back and play it. Um, yeah. But it was a good game. I enjoyed it, and I think like there was so many kind of like they hit the beat on a lot of things. And I think like it's got it's got a lot of time. It's done well commercially. From what I can tell, yeah. and it's got like um, other little bits of success, but I just want it to take something quite prestigious and in terms of like a BAFTA. I feel like it would be good for Deck Nine to take it, whether it's even if it's the studio being nominated or even Erica Mori or whoever winning something like. I think that's one for me. So obviously, we will follow this more when it uh, yeah. rolls around in April. Um, Adam, have you got anything else? Uh, just for the record, <laughs> British people matter, and <laughs> I do respect uh BAFTA wins I, I respect them more than game awards wins let's put it that way I think there's more um I, I think there's more calibers to the BAFTA awards than it does the game awards so just putting it out on the record now <laughs> yeah well we would have more issue if you didn't have that kind of perspective because I'd be like what's wrong with you man um <laughs> yeah. see so, yeah like that's it's good start good way to start off the show um obviously we'll be keeping an eye on that and we're going to move into the remaster collection um sorry guys obviously you know we've done two episodes on this but this is obviously not a, not a huge segment but I feel like it's, it's worth the update so obviously life is strange remastered collection patch notes we're going back to so patch b is now live from the 7th of march we're recording this on the 7th of march well i'm technically the 8th of march right now because of the time zone we're recording it in yeah. um yeah so this time this, travel this madness isn't it so obviously <laughs> 7th of march patch b rolls out we've already had patch a roll out and then on top of that patch c rolls out from the 14th of march mm. so just going back to the square Enix blog post so um patch b is now released on all platforms um, other than before the storm remastered on Xbox, for which we'll have more soon, news soon. Oh god damn it, Xbox. Who plays that? That one guy who plays <laughs> hey. it. That one guy who plays it who hosts that one guy who hosts Strangecast plays Xbox. Boo hoo. <laughs> Literally, according to Twitter, I'm pretty much the only guy who's been playing the remaster collection on Xbox. <laughs> Everybody else is PlayStation and PC. I'm like, I'm having a great time. No, no, nothing issues here, but <laughs> It's yeah, I'm the only one says everything. So let me just read you through a couple of patch notes whilst we're here. So we've got Life is Strange remastered the first one. So we've got fixed a character miscoloration, uh, miscoloration after extended play, remove the needs to restart console, high gamma settings causing pixelation and blown out of blown out or incorrect color fix. Um, missing scene of chair moving an exit bedroom window fix. I don't remember that, but I don't wait. What chair? <laughs> I don't remember this. Uh, but the light, the lighting flickers fix. That that's a big yeah, one. That's big a one. huge one. And hopefully yeah. that's in that's in before the storm as well. Hopefully as well, which come on. Hopefully, to. yeah. Um, max animation improvements. And hopefully not max. And you know, when your character's called Max, I think it's called about all characters. But yeah, um, PC Steam, which is specific cinematics with muted audio fix. Uh, sun is missing during <laughs> end of eclipse scene fix. Really? Wow. Okay. Right. Um, instances of loading screens appearing dark and pixelated. That's not some PC and Steam. Um, so obviously PlayStation specific ones, um, specific cinematics with muted audio fix, a solar flare causing graphic corruption on main menu fix. I think they might have, that solar corruption might happen to you. Do you want you have Dave Madsen's photo? It's like beaming yes. bright light. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So graphical corruption occurs at the edge of screen fixes. That's P, um, PlayStation study has got um, cinematic. Um, 
specific cinematic with muted audio fix. But like, I also had it too. Like, I also have muted audio and cinematics too on Xbox. It's just weird. So like, life Life is strange before re- uh, Life is strange before the storm remastered. They've got um re- released on all platforms character display at uh, character discoloration fixes, um instances of visual um degradation. And then PC and Steam updated farewell episode. And they've also added a no uh, 60 frames per second rendering mode for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And ultra-wide support on PC are implemented, but require additional testing before we push them live, um, necessitating a separate patch due week commencing 14th March. So that's obviously patch C um, or the right. roadmap C, whatever it's called. Um, we were previously working towards these updates being available to users commencing 7th March. So apologies for the extended wait. So that's... Uh, update for the um people who are holding out for the remaster collection waiting for it to all be fixed before they play it which is probably mm-hmm. the smartest decision i feel like this is just like that in itself ring old blog now it's just annoys me about how much like the frustration was of those two remastered that we played it was just like so infuriating playing it because it was like why I, i'm 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 like because I've, I've recently finished horizon as well oh yeah and I'll, and I'll give you the realm of this as well like what i find with horizon is it's so big it's so, yeah. so big. It's so unnecessarily big as well. And like, mm-hmm. I, I finished it, got the platinum, got all the trophies, finished the main story, finished the main, main bulk of the side missions. I'm on 75% completion. So there's like loads of other stuff in the game that you can keep playing, accessing. And on top of yeah. that, what I found as well is like, the more I dug into the game, the more bugs were appearing. Like there'll be like mm-hmm. rendering scenes of things like loading. So this is what I got with like Life is Strange Remastered Collection. It's like, I'm sick and tired of developers and publishers putting out games that are broken. And or just a complete mess. I'm like, I don't care. I, I know developers are humans. I know that publishers are humans. Sure. And I know that they have QA teams and whatever else, but I'm getting sick and tired of like this kind of like glossing over in the industry. It's like, we'll just be like, you know, oh, we'll put a patch out. We'll put 1600 patches out. This is an entire patch map of like things. It's like, this should be like three months of, I don't know, I'm not a game developer, but like months of right. quality assurance t- testing before we put yeah. the product out on the market. This was like my biggest fear of, the remastered collection if anything was that it could come out like a complete mess then it is a mess at the minute yeah like, it is. It, it, go on go on. no i was just gonna say it's like it, it's a shame because like you said it is a glossing over and it's been glossing over for the past 10 years at least like at least it's, it's been longer than that mm-hmm. and it's not, and here's the other thing it's not like us gamers have accepted this glossing over it's like, oh well you know it's like we've hated every time they do it and yet they keep on doing it. it's like oh well you know we'll put out the patch later but the but the and it's just like what are you talking about like we've never liked it it's never gone all over well especially on twitter or reddit's or any uh, like tumblr i guess i don't know but i i i was never a tumblr user just to clarify so i don't know <laughs> um but yeah i don't know why this industry is still going in this way of just doing this in fact um you know the halo community uh, wait where y'all at halo community uh we're all arguing that halo infinite should have been even more delayed because there's so many features that are missing and just like we would have preferred it if halo infinite was just delayed instead of no no co-op uh no forge no like no more like multiplayer maps like there, there's so there's so many so many things that were missing from halo infinite and we would have actually preferred it to be delayed mm-hmm. same thing with remaster you know just delay the thing it would have come out better we're i think i think we've more accepted that a game will be delayed will become better i think as a community we've all come to accept that and yet publishers are just like no it has to be out now we have to meet the fiscal year blah 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 yeah know. 
stupid. Yeah, like this is the this is the issue. With, like exactly what you said about Halo as well. It's relevant to like any other game that I play. I'm like, I'd rather just wait for the game to come out and be in a very polished state than play it in in its in its current state and accept it for it. And we've seen this more recently over the years of like games. I can like fire off my hand of like Cyberpunk and GTA. I haven't played half of these games, but I know that how full in them, how riddled they have been with like issues. And this is the same thing with like Life is Strange. Like they could have released this next year with like yeah. and had a gap of like you know content for people to feed on. But obviously, I feel like the incentive was to package it with true colors and kind of sell that with a you know kind of like lure people in it, like people who never played the series. Here's true colors and here's all the other life as well. Life is Strange right. and Life is Strange Before Storm. There's kind of, there's obviously some kind of like thinking behind that or some kind of rationale behind it. The more I actually kind of think, sit here and kind of think about what they were doing with it. But mm. I'm, I've kind of like just, I feel like obviously, I feel like if you're going to play the remaster collection, I'd wait for all the patches to come out. Oh my God, yeah. Let it get fixed. Like, I just think like it was just annoying seeing stuff like the zombie, um, you know, a comic design outfit for Chloe not being available at launch. It was- it was for Xbox, yeah. Well, yeah. I hope you and I hope you and the uh, one other person who played Xbox <laughs> enjoy it because no one else plays Life is Strange on Xbox. Um, Honestly, okay. So I want anybody like watching this, listening to this, write in the comments if you actually you or anybody you know besides me uh, played this remaster on Xbox because I literally go on Twitter and it's just no no Xbox, absolutely not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing, <laughs> but like, I'm actually genuinely curious if like, literally, am I the only one who's playing this on Xbox? And and, and, to, and to anyone listening who looks in the comments as well, if you see like 15 accounts <laughs> saying that, oh, I play Xbox, it's probably Adam's burner accounts. It's like, don't, <laughs> don't pay attention to it. Obviously, we it's just games of groceries, yeah. Evolved, my actual, <laughs> all these ones. It's like, oh, be, I play it on Xbox. I might even put it in my own personal one as well. I'll be like, yeah, I play Xbox. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, no one plays Xbox, so ignore that. Um, oh. But like, like, but like, like as I, but that, it's kind of relevant that you bring up like, you know, he has, uh, Adam has the um, choice to play the outfit. I don't. I'm on a different yeah. platform. We're there, obviously, as we said in the actual. Well, like, two- why was it on Xbox, but it wasn't on PlayStation? You know, I I understand, and that's a whole like NFT thing. Like assets can't be rendered in two different single games, but I understand that. But this isn't a different game. This is the same game, just on a different platform. Why do I get the zombie outfit on one platform on a previous gen console? Then another platform that that makes zero sense i don't understand that yeah it's baffling and like well nfts is bad as a guy like we don't really need to get was it square Enix we're talking about nfts maybe coming to video games i, I don't kind of everybody's talking about yeah. it in fact um in television is t- talking about nfts possibly so yeah fuck, who knows fuck nfts i don't support anyone mm-hmm. advocate any person that fucking does it so we're not talking about nfts hate them mm-hmm. despise them they're a scam yeah. Take it, take that shit out the door. But anyway, back onto actual um, <laughs> meaningful conversation. <laughs> yeah. So the patch notes. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that by the time they get to patch C, the roadmap mm-hmm. what they're doing that you get all the stuff and obviously as well 60 frames per second. Which in itself, I went back and watched my clip of like me unlocking my platinum for Life is Strange One. Do you know when the car drives off with Chloe and Max? It was like stuttering a little mm-hmm. bit, and I was just like. I was like, oh no! I was like, come on! I was like, why are we not getting? It, it goes back to my argument of like, why are we getting remasters on the same platform they were released, essentially, and like that's a huge issue. So yeah. in itself, wait for the patches, see what happens, then definitely pick it up. The, the facial animations are quite nice in it, and it does look 
polished to an extent in certain areas, even though there are quite a lot of flaws. I think you would still enjoy it if you played the series. And I think yeah. I've, I was approaching it. Most people are probably coming into this having played the series. I'd always say to someone if they were coming in as a newcomer to the series, like play the original. I feel like sure. that's the the intended vision of something. Um, so, yeah. have you got anything else to add on before we uh, move on to our next topic? Uh, don't pre-order games. Yes. Nice. That's it. Very, very, very valuable advice. I've done that for a long time. Very few games mm-hmm. I ever put a pre-order for in, mainly Metal Gear and Kojima. But oh. uh, unless <laughs> it's a drop. skateboarding game. If it's a skateboarding game, then all bets are off. Every, everybody needs skateboarding games. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that and um, Metal Gear and Kojima games. And Metal well, Gear. Yeah. yeah. So there, I there's that. a I've, few exceptions. Yeah, <laughs> I've dropped, I dropped my, I dropped my, I dropped my reference for the episode today. So that's that. <laughs> yeah. So we will fast forward onto the next segment, yeah. which is obviously going to be. Jumping back to True Colors, so in this point as well that we now have True Colors released on Nintendo Switch's physical version. So obviously we had hey. the digi- digital release last year in late December. Did obviously- By the way, when this when this announcement came out, I actually freaked out because I saw Life is Strange Nintendo Switch. I'm like, oh, are we getting the remaster on Switch finally? And just like it's a physical edition. I'm like, no, oh. no, it is a, it is just the physical version of True Colors. So obviously we released the they released the True Colors Switch version digitally on December last year, which was already pushed back. So obviously we had uh, True Colors released across all other platforms, but this came out in December and now the physical box version, if you want, of True Colors is now released. No steel book I've seen or anything, nothing like the, the one that I've got or anything. Um, Does the Switch games ever get steel books ever? Yes, they do. The, um, the oh, they po- do? Yeah, the Pokemon um, re- remakes did, which was yes. a nice little steel You're book. right. Not, they don't have the same, um, they don't have the same appeal as like PlayStation mm. or Xbox ones. I, I got the Horizon one because I got my collector's edition. Yeah. The massive collector's edition. If you any of you follow me, you'll see my massive statue, which I got. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I prefer steel books from those kind of ones, and even the true color one was okay. I wish maybe they'd gone a bit more. I don't know. It's it's, it's good. It's good. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, so like this is kind of we've kind of like spoken a bit about the Switch version. Obviously, I haven't played it. I don't own a Switch anymore. Adam doesn't own a Switch. She has that stupid Microsoft console. I have a um, Switch. How <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, I have a Switch Lite. <laughs> really yeah 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 um why, why, uh, why have you not got true colors you could have talked about it at this point you know actually that's a great point uh well i mean oh i i remember why because i was moving <laughs> um <laughs> and i was just like saving every little bit because i was like ah could i get because uh, it's 40 dollars on the switch yeah i'm gonna assume so i think it's 40 dollars and it was just like, it's not like the biggest expense in the world, but like, I was just like, ah, I'm moving soon. And it's a game I already played. I can wait. Oh. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, wait for it to drop. To, wait till it drops oh. like $5. Don't, don't bother paying $40 for that. No, 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 no. I, I'll, I'll get it eventually for the Switch just to see it. Um, but Liz is really excited uh, for the remaster collection on the Switch. That, that got a release date, didn't it? Uh, the little 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 transition there. But did it, did it get a release date? <laughs> well, no. And at this point, I think they're probably trying to hold out because I feel like, was it your prediction or something that this could be a complete mess on Switch, the remaster yeah. collection? Oh my God. Like, I, I can't imagine. Like, put it this way. We're, we're going through these patch notes for, for the PS5, Xbox, Xbox Series X, PC, Stadia, um all these different versions and they're all just complete messes and you got to imagine how awful it is on switch right now my goodness and i hope they're patching it as they're developing it like i hope these patches are coming out and then like the switch is coming like oh we got patches while we're developing it you know what i mean 
Yeah, well, I've, I've obviously my my knowledge of the Switch is limited. I had one, but I didn't play it as much. I know that mm-hmm. with compared to like the way that Nintendo games roll out patches compared to the way that PlayStation ones have, I think that they, you know, you don't have the same liberty of like kind of just rolling them out on the on the the other major consoles mm-hmm. like Xbox and PlayStation compared to Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so I think like you have to be a bit careful with the Switch release. I think it has to come out as 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 complete as it can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in itself, I think, I think like True Colors has done well in terms of like the way it's been you know, received on Switch. I've got the Metacritic page here. So at the minute, it's got 13 critic reviews and a 78 overall score. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, the publications are um, uh, some of I've never heard of. Like Switch Brazil has given it the highest rating of 95, like, and Nintendo World Report gave it an 85. Nintendo Life gave it 80. Nintendo Life is probably the more the one that I know off that straight away. Uh, Touch Arcade gave it an 80. Um, Tierra Gamer gave it a 78. Nintendros gave it 75. What a cool name that is. Um, and Level Level Up gave it a 65, which is quite low on that. Um, yeah. So like, there's quite obviously quite wide-ranging spectrum of reviews there on the True Colors um, Switch version. Well, I feel like my main concern, if anything, obviously we've got the, the physical release. If you want to go and get it now on physical, which I always say to people, you should buy physical games. Always buy them physical. Because as you've seen many, many, over the many years now, we've seen with PlayStation closing stores down, Nintendo closing catalogs down, whatever. Buy your games physically. Mm. Oh so, my God. Can you, the shame of Nintendo to just be like, yeah, we don't really care about game preservation. Screw you guys. Um, and and, for, a, and a, for, for a publisher... Of Nintendo's yeah. caliber with the games yeah. that it produces. This is why like people got really edgy with Sony doing because it's like, why are you not preserving some of this stuff? Obviously, it's like, I know I get this the reasoning behind obviously now closing that like, PSP sure. store, the console's so old, but like some of them, they're just like leaving them to pasture. I think like mm-hmm. with the Vita, for example, developers were making games for it still when they were trying yeah. to shut down the store. I was like, wait a minute, what? And they like still actively making games for it. It's like, wait a minute, it, it's just I, I, I'm a firm believer of like game preservation, especially mm-hmm. in this kind of thing. The worst part is that, like, Nintendo, and, that, and this is the last point I'll make because, you know, get back to Life is Strange, but, like, <laughs> the worst part about that whole Nintendo statement is that, like, saying, like, oh, we have zero plans to port it over to the Switch. And I'm like, it is free money, Nintendo. Literally just will rebuy the same games over and over and over again. It's $10 each, and it's the same game. It is free money. I don't understand that on a business sense, but you know, I'm not, I'm not the president of Nintendo. I'm just a barista, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I was just about to say the same thing. So obviously they're, they're making millions and I can't really question it as a, the man sure. that I'm sitting here on YouTube with you. And it's like, thinking, but I, <laughs> I, I will reiterate that they could probably make a lot more money with what they've got. Like, yeah. let's be real. Like we're sitting here as consumers. I think when you see it from a consumer's perspective, you do mm-hmm. see it like a lot more money you can make. So yeah, bring it back yeah. onto Life is Strange. Obviously, now you can't get the physical version, and obviously, we still don't have a release date for um, the remastered collection of Switch, which um, I think we'll be covering closer to the time and seeing what actually comes from that. Yeah, um, Liz is very bummed about that because uh, her quotes, and it's like, "I just want to watch reality television and play Life is Strange. Is that too much to ask?" <laughs> she just she just wants to play on the Switch, look up, and just see like uh, I don't know HGTV and uh, other Netflix things i don't know i i don't keep up with what she watches <laughs> well i feel like liz is very um on point yeah. with those because i feel like she's just give us a perfect segue about reality television in some Ooh. kind of capacity because we're going to move to tv which is that life is strange is getting its tv adaption but potentially coming to amazon studios 
So I'm going to take you to, we're going to Collider here. So Amazon Studios closed the first look deal with D- DJ2 Entertainment to dive into the world of video game adaptations. And two of the titles that could soon be adapted are Life is Strange and Disco Elysium. Uh, mm. DJ2 is one of um, it's one of the production companies behind the surprising hit Sonic the Hedgehog, which is getting a sequel this year and a spin-off series in 2023. According to the new, uh, according to the new deal, uh, DJ2 will offer Amazon Studios the opportunity to pick up any film or TV show uh, they come up with to stream exclusively on the Prime Video service. Since DJ2 is specialized in video game adaptations, players will get the chance to see some of their favorite titles turned into series. Uh, what's even greater news is that DJ2 is currently working on um, is currently working to adapt um, the Square Enix published franchise Life is Strange and indie developer Zamu Hit Disco Lysium. I don't know if yes. I butchered I don't know if I butchered their name there, but you know we'll move on. Um, there is an ad pairing off that next part of that text, so I'll move across that. Uh, da, 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 da. And yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to skip a lot of that because otherwise you probably just turn off. There's a lot of news there unpackaging press quotes. Yes. Um, this is the TV show that's been banged on about for years. This is a TV show said question that I was using at the end of every other previous Life After Strange episode in the earlier format, where I'd ask people like, you know, who would they cast for Life is Strange TV show adaptation of their character? By the way, I just want to correct myself. Uh, Life Strange True Colors on the Switch is $60. Six zero. So there we have a correction. Adam yeah. spouting around fake facts. But anyway, <laughs> um, so we I have American. We love our fake information. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is um this is coming off the news that we did have a bit more recently about them kind of giving a bit more that the project wasn't dead. They kind of like said, um, "I'll let you take." Actually, let me quickly look up something. How do you feel about this? Um. So for one, I okay. So on a personal note. I just recently <laughs> canceled my Amazon Prime accounts only because their Amazon Prime is raising its prices uh, for its Prime members. They're raising the prices by, uh, okay, I don't want to spend fake information again, twice in one podcast, but I'm pretty sure it's 20% higher than ever before, even though Amazon has itself made record profits this year. So they're raising the price but they may make record profits. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done with Amazon, even though. So here's the thing. I think Amazon is raising its prices because they know they're getting some hard hitters to its prime account. I mean, they already yeah. had some pretty heavy hitters in terms of Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan was a decent show. I liked it a lot. Um, but now they're getting a Lord of the Rings series, which I'm going to miss out on. And I don't care because screw Amazon. Uh, now it's going with Life is Strange, Disco Elysium. I think there's another Amazon series that's coming out pretty soon. Well, I've heard news that there's a Bioshock TV Bioshock, show that could be happening. That, that's and, the rumor. And when we came on today, before we came on, there's um, news that broke about a God of War live adaptation TV series coming. To Amazon Prime? I don't know if it's to Amazon Prime, but I just saw that before we jumped mm. on that there is um, a live TV show, a live action TV show they're going to do on it. Well, it's like if we're in a com- uh, competition of just picking up ITs, uh, ITs, <laughs> picking up IPs to make television series uh, just to sustain their platform to get those fans onto their service. Like Life of Strange fans are like, oh man, I didn't get a private account. I need to watch Life of Strange series. Same thing with Paramount Plus. Um, uh, 
Halo. Anybody for Halo? <laughs> Um, but the the Halo te- television series was originally going to be a Showtime. It, w- it was going to be originally a Showtime show. And then who picked it up? Oh, our, it's our good friends, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, of course, wants all the Halo fanboys to come in. Like, oh, no, 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 come into Paramount Plus. It, it's, it's kind of wild to me that they're kind of like trying to gather fr- uh, fans of these series. Whether the show is going to be good or not, I don't know. But the whole aim for this is to get you on their platform, even though Amazon raised their prices and does not care about their employees. So yeah, you're right because like, um, let me just feed you two things. So I went and to quickly get this piece Go of information it. from Games Radar because it wasn't in the actual Collider article. So uh, fans of the choice based game were made um, were first made aware of the TV adaptation back in 2016 with DJ2 mm-hmm. gaining rights um, for the production in 2017. Since then, not much else was known about the show has been revealed other than the fact that singer-songwriter Shawn Mendes was attached to write the music for the series, as well as actors, executive producers. That's the extra information I want, because obviously that fills in. Shawn Mendes we... for the Life is Strange series? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Okay. Yeah, I it's not behind that. Yeah, it's not Sid eh. Matt as a daughter, but you know. No, but like, <laughs> eh, I could get... I don't uh, like Sean Mendes, but I understand that choice. So that's that's an interesting part of it. And on top of that, what you're saying about all the content stuff is quite interesting because obviously three days ago, we're recording the 7th of March, um, Web, Web tweeted something, uh, Web Pickers Girl, who's the Life is Strange True Colors performance director and before Storm co-director. So let me just read you what he said, which is quite interesting. Anyone else in content overload, quote unquote, Originals from Netflix, Hulu, Apple, Disney, Paramount, etc. It's overloading. I'm sure they're all good, quote unquote, to some extent. But I find myself scrolling content to watch, but ultimately picking nothing. Am I the only one? Question mark. Yeah. No, it's just because here's the problem with all these streaming services coming out right now. It's becoming a self-eating snake, right? That snake keeps getting larger and larger until it starts eating itself. So the whole aim for Netflix, Hulu, all these people was to cut cable, right? And they did that mission. But then everybody wanted a little bit of a piece of the cookie now. Now it, they're not- um, sorry, let me interrupt you. They're cannibalizing each other. Yeah, exactly. They're just cannibalizing each other. It's it's now like a competition against themselves. At first, it was a competition against cable television, which I personally believe they succeeded. I've cut my cable out of the picture. I'm now a Hulu Live subscriber. Um, I I think it's great. I think, okay, I'll give you this. I think PlayStation Live TV was better. I wish that stayed. <laughs> PlayStation Live TV was phenomenal. I loved it, but then it went away. Um, so they cut the cable, but now it's just so many that you can't keep up with. And it's just like, now they're just like, oh, we got this one. We got this one. Now video game people. Now we got this. Oh, uh, oh, who bought Oxenfree? I think, didn't Netflix buy um, Night School Studios? I think it was Netflix. Is even Netflix or Amazon? Maybe I'm. Pr- it's you, one of the two. Yeah. You look. You look that up because that's that. You're, what you're saying is like my example of where I stand with um, with uh, streaming services. They're all consuming each other, and this is why like Xbox Games Pass is so great in so many people's eyes. But wait until it gets consumed up by something else. They won't give you all that great content all the time because like look at what you got on Netflix. You can only get one big special that they make, and then all the filler content. They give you like loads of recycled films and TV shows, which you could probably pick up for like a dollar if you went down to like a DVD shop. They just give you stuff it, like Netflix acquired Nice School Studios. So it's Netflix that acquired it. So like this is this is something quite interesting. I mean, move the conversation a little bit to um, Life is Strange in itself. The TV show 
should have been produced in 2015 when it was like it's really it's mm. huge peak when it was like when it took off it should have been really put into development straight away and got it out there as soon as possible because they still had like a period with bts and stuff they had like um sure. you know quite a lot yeah. of room to kind of work with it it was weird that it just never picked up because like in itself life is strange is such an easy adaptation tv show like come on it, it's, it's got everything like whether you're going from either whether it's one to um before the storm or even um True Colors they're so easy to adapt in any way shape or form even if you wanted to do an original with it in the Life is Strange universe that is also quite achievable so like that is something that's quite possible and I'm in two minds with this actual news because I'm like one I don't really care for at this point because like there's all kinds of like teen dramas and whatever else with the shows you can do at Amazon uh, or you can do whatever shows but two I'm starting to notice that this is the trend of the industry so they're putting emphasis on moving video finally getting past that like uball period of like really crap um films that were made yeah. from video games and try and make them in something so like even with um because obviously i went to watch the uncharted movie at, um because i got my free ticket um so oh, i went yeah. and watched i went and watched it and you could tell it was so like this wasn't made for someone who's actually a fan of the, well they'd probably say that it was made for the fans of it's yeah, not. It's, sure, it's, it's, yeah it's a it's like a it's like watching a really bad version of indiana jones and like and, and they've already known that they've made so much money this uncharted That's film right that PlayStation. Like the, yeah, you just remind me. It's like the Assassin's Creed film when the guy's like, "Oh, I love the Assassin's Creed games," and I watched the movie. I'm like, "This is just garbage." It's terrible. Like, I hate. Yeah, because because I remember that something. Oh, because someone um they released the trailer with the Kanye West music and it didn't fit at all. And then someone uploaded it back to YouTube, removed the Kanye West music, and put Ezio's theme in there. And it was yes. like, every, like I think that that trailer got so many views, and it was like that's what gamers wanted to see. Not specifically yeah. Ezio's theme, but the Assassin's Creed theme, the you know, the mm-hmm. theme that they make that really kind of stands out, whether it's from Ezio to Altair, whoever. So like, yeah, like Assassin's Creed is an example. I think Ubisoft tried very early days and really failed with it, but like PlayStation is trying it now. Did. Like PlayStation yeah. had their own kind of like, you know, like new animation that appeared before um, Uncharted was like mm-hmm. PlayStation Studios. So like, and, and don't think that they're not going to do it with Horizon. Obviously the news of the God of War that they're doing, people like they will look into this because it's like they want to expand beyond just obviously video games, get the wider appeal out there. And I think, yeah, I here's a funny thing though. I think the two uh, PlayStation made television shows are going to succeed the most out of all of these because PlayStation, by two, I mean Last of Us and this God of War live action, because PlayStation is so good in narrative stories that it, it, it does play well into television. I could definitely see a God of War live action series, but the fact of this Halo TV series. It's not going to work because one, it's not canon. And two, it's just, I don't know. Is, like, is this the Halo TV series that was being produced way back many years ago and Spielberg was attached to it? Yep. Oh and my then, God. Oh my. That's still not out. It's still not out, but it's coming out on Paramount Plus. I want to say this is, year. Is Steven still attached to the project? Yeah. Oh my! I yeah, I can't remember now the, the, I, because I've totally lost like interest in it. Yeah, like, I stopped following it. I'm like, but the, and, and then as soon as Halo, it's like the 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 producer said like, oh, it's not canon. I'm like, that's so stupid. Then why would I watch it? Then you know, like if it's not canon, then it's just a regular TV show. Who cares? 
Yeah, you know? like I feel like that's the kind of like what you said with um, The Last of Us. Like they obviously timed it very well. Like Sony, like mm. it's getting out on HBO, but that comes out with the um, the unnecessary remake of The Last of Us that they're doing. So they're going to try and like, yeah. they try and capitalize on these different things. The same with Uncharted. It's like, here's the um, Uncharted um, collection on PS5. Get it. You can get it. And you also get free cinema tickets. Go and watch that film. So it's like, yeah. obviously to get people out there, just kind of see it. They might drag a plus one or something. It's, yeah. you know, it's easy marketing for that. Um, so but- it, yeah, go on. I, I was just going to say, going back to Life is Strange, though, um, I don't think it will succeed as a TV show, mostly because without choices that we make, you know, it just becomes another teen drama. Like you were saying before, it just becomes it becomes another teen drama. But then it's, it's called Life is Strange, you know, especially if it has brand new characters. If it's not Max or Chloe or uh, Sean and Daniel or Pompadou, if it's got another <laughs> of these characters and all it is is just another teen drama. Yeah, and this it is, won't work. This is like one of the arguments that goes to the comic series, the Vichelli comic series arc. Like, obviously, when you take choice away from it, then you're just reading a drama. And it's yeah. like, I can see where people don't like it. I know some but people the, really but, don't like it. But the defense of that is that, like my point before, it's it's with Max and Chloe. Like, yeah. we got our... And Rachel. Um, people don't like Rachel. that, but people don't like that, but yeah, and Rachel. <laughs> But like it, it follows characters we know. At least we got an epilogue. You know, yeah. it served its purpose. You know, um, it definitely served that purpose of saying that, like, oh, this is what the story does afterwards. But if it's brand new characters, if it's no characters that we ever know, what what does it become? It's just another Netflix drama. It's, That's it. It's, it's also crafted for its uh, platform as well because it's a comic series. You can't put choices in it. What you're gonna do, like four sure. or five pages, where you pull one out and you get a different, <laughs> a different it's choice. Like, yeah. like uh, turn to page forty-five. It's like, oh no, oh, what was it from the Simpsons? It's just like, oh, I'll go to page for. You, oh, you didn't see that. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and it's like you could do choice. Do you remember the Black Mirror episode where you can pick choices? <sighs> Yes. But yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a fan of it though. I, obviously, Charlie Brooker comes from a big gaming background. And obviously, this, yeah. you know, it's, it's littered within Black Mirror. But I remember doing it. And I was like, I don't feel right about this. When I sit there to watch TV, I yeah. sit there to appreciate what I'm seeing. It's a drama, it's a, I like, an action. Yeah, I like the novelty of it. But if you told me, like, is it a good game or anything? I'd be like, oh, no, it's not great. But like, I like the novelty of it. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing with like what what I see with TV. I don't see it with the, the experience of going there with like you know my PlayStation controller, like pressing things. I want to watch when I'm watching certain things on certain right. platforms. If I'm watching a film, watching a video game, watching a TV, I'm watching certain things that are built in certain kind of ways. And like obviously, video games have been able to evolve over time. It's still and mm-hmm. it's still very the the, uh, the youngest out of the three of them as well. Um, as like an industry so it's going to have to keep evolving but i don't go with the expectation to see a tv show with like you know um me being able to pick if i can like feed pompadour or something like in a, in a life strange <laughs> tv show on amazon like what am i gonna get from pompadour. that it, no, yeah. it's just a bit weird for that so like i'm not really um i would watch it if it's been done but sure. i'm like my 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 demand for it is nowhere near as much as it was in 2015 i can see why there's a, a room for it because obviously this um this phase of video game movie adaptations and TV film whatever form is going to continue and obviously you know Square mm-hmm. Enix is going to be looking at it, be like we need to kind of get this off the ground mm-hmm. if possible and obviously uh, Jeff Bezos's Amazon Prime is looking at ways to expand um, and get more catalog because it's competing with the big boys and it's got Amazon Prime yeah. does offer some good stuff in Prime Video but it's still yeah. lacking to kind of tackle on what Netflix is doing. Um, 
they, they, are, they are they're all cannibalizing each other the industry at this point you're gonna get they to are. the point where you where you'll get burnt out from it it's like with disney plus off charging so much a year and people will just turn away from it eventually this is like the next oh, yeah. phase of this um because it's it, too many to subscribe to it's too much yeah money. and you won't watch them either like i i have a netflix account and i wouldn't have it if my brother and sister didn't use it I barely oh, use yeah. it as much. Yeah, and and like that in itself is such a thing where I'm like thinking like I should cancel it now because like they they this new kind of model where we get really deep philosophical, but like the new model is like people hook you. They want you to get it goes back all the way to your mobile contracts, to your TV contracts and stuff. They want you to get hooked on subscription because you don't cancel them because you never cancel them because you be you moan you'll complain, but you'll very rarely ever cancel something. So when you get hooked on it, that's what you do, and that's why, for example, Xbox is running the Games Pass system because that's not making yeah. them money yet but they're obviously trying to get people hooked onto a service where you're basically paying every single month for games pass and you can kind of like, you know, access it. But in itself, the return is obviously not hugely there. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've um, said my piece on that, Adam. And I don't know if you have anything else to add before we uh, move on to the next topic. Uh, screw Jeff Bezos. And screw Jeff Bezos. He's not the worst person <laughs> on the planet. I'll tell you that. And there's definitely um, other people. That worse, but anyway, we're going to stick with Not Life true. is Strange to an extent because we are going back to the OG Life is Strange developers, Don't Not Entertainment. So, we got news from them not long ago, which has big plans to release six games by the end of 2025. Obviously, we knew that they were working on a lot of projects, they've obviously mentioned this, but they've actually gone full scope now at home. So, we're going to games right up with this. So, it's Life is Strange developer, Don't Not has revealed ambitious plans to release several games across. The next few years, though, it hasn't said what any of them will, what any of them are. The Parisian company, which recently opened a subsidiary studio in Montreal, hello Luke, hello Michelle. Um, that's not in the article, by the way. That's me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, has six in-house projects on the go. They are all expected to launch between 2022 and 2025. Announcing the news in a business review, Donut emphasized a commitment to its um, two greatest successes: Life is Strange and Vampire. So um, Oscar Gilbert, who's the CEO of Don't Nod, said, and I quote, in four years, our royalties have increased fivefold to reach a record level in 2021. This dynamic mm-hmm. is notably linked to the success of Life is Strange and Vampire, which we intend to continue to capitalize on. It is therefore natural um, that we decide to accelerate our investments in the development capacities of new games. That will follow in the same vein, both in the multi-project hub in Montreal and the RPG hub in Paris, um, end quote. So this year, the developer intends... Oh, actually, we'll go into that. We're going to keep that separate for a minute. Uh, da, 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 da. So, um, yeah, so here, here's some extra things. And this was in the fiscal report, which I um, don't know I've released. I read it last night when I was in bed. So if you ever wonder what I'm reading late at night, I'm obviously reading Donald's fiscal report for 2021. Obviously. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. So like in, in, it, in this as well, so despite lukewarm reviews on release, Vampires don't know biggest ever financial success alongside Life is Strange 1. And it's apparently enjoyed a second wind with 2 million copies since um, sold since 8, 2018 and a further 8 million free downloads via Epic Store, the developer has strong base of public awareness upon which to build a potential sequel. It is said, um, it has to be said, too, that Vampire, Vampire's Spanish flute-era backdrop has only become more relevant with time, which obviously... Um, oh, that's true. That's um, true. I haven't played it yet. It's in my backlog, because obviously it was free you on You haven't PS played Plus. Vampire? No, it's, uh, it's in my backlog oh. PS Plus games, so um, I will... Yeah. I will it's good. It's good, man. I, I appreciated it. It's um, I I don't remember liking the combats, but I remember just loving the game altogether. Mm. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's in my, I will play it this year because I'm definitely going to get to it. But here's the interesting part because I read this in the fiscal report, actually, which they put in Games Radar. Um, so notably, though, 2020's narrative adventure game Twin Mirror hasn't done so well with Donut covering only 75% of its investments in the project. Um, yeah, that makes and, sense. And in a quote, it says, in a market that is globally saturated by the end of 2021 and is um, penalized by the sudden closure of the Chinese market, the company believes that Twin Mirror will only generate a margin marginal level of revenue in the future. Um, so in itself, let me just quickly pick two things apart. Obviously, Life is Strange and Vampire being its biggest successes. Mm-hmm. Both of those are publishers with them involved. Focus Home and um, yeah. Square Enix. Obviously, the big one is Life is Strange. I think Life is Strange definitely seems to be more successful for what it was. Um, and obviously, Focus Home is a big powerhouse publisher. And the one that they've published themselves, Twin Mirror, hasn't succeeded as well as they thought it yeah, would. Yeah, but like, I, I also blame the marketing for that game because like but, when but, Twin... But this is what I was going to go on to next. So here's the other issue with it. Do you remember we were talking yeah. about, obviously, like marketing for Don't Know Montreal's game? Do you remember how much yes. emphasis we were putting on it? Do you remember how I was saying, like, can they put from the creators of Life is Strange on there? Think and about, just go. And, and just think about, like, what we've seen from yeah. Don't Know So Far. So obviously, Life is Strange 1 and 2 from Square Enix. Vampire from Focus Home Interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, was it called? Twin Mirror from Don't Know Itself, Published Itself. And the other one, which was the one that we talked about in your podcast, was obviously Tell Me Why, which was published yes. by Microsoft. We said it was never going to be a yeah. Microsoft. It never looks like a title that would be on Microsoft platform, but it's on Microsoft platform. And obviously Microsoft must have bankrolled quite big on it. So that is a very interesting spectrum of games. Because obviously this is a studio that has um, an interesting history with um, its very early failed success with uh, Remember Me. Not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, right. but yeah. commercial flop. And when you get into mm-hmm. bed with Capcom, you have to sell units because they 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 look at Resident Evil sales figures and they're like they're not that yeah, great yeah. and it's like no wait a minute that did well but because they're a certain kind of publisher you have to sell units in like a high capacity it's not like a Sony where you can get away with it oh yeah because mm-hmm. you know Sony will bin off games they've done it with Days Gone and same with Microsoft they'll bin off games if they need to but you have to be careful so like with this is a big period for Don't Nod for me from twenty. 22 to 2025 of releasing these six games you because they I, I can see the way that the developers publishing um structuring itself because it wants to be the publisher we talked about it publishing um good right. like you know we want it's trying to make waves in the company and unfortunately as well like you know it has got itself in bed with tencent which i fucking still despise as well I, yeah i stand very firm with my views on tencent even though i love don't know I, I will say that um but yes, like this is where my concern is. So um, I'll let you go back to it. Um, tell me a bit more of Vampire. So you actually enjoyed it. I did. Um, and that's the thing. I don't want to spoil too much of the game, but yeah, I, I think the game flowed well. I think it had great, I, I think it had phenomenal, um, not side missions, what I'm talking about, just like the, the, the quest dialogue and um, the actual um, uh, features of the game. There, there's there are certain things that you can like um, do, activate, uh, it's, it's a well-made RPG. I, I should say it's more of like an action adventure. So the, the whole term of RPG, I got, I got into a video about it in <laughs> Evolts where just like, it's not exactly an RPG. It's more of like RPG elements within the game. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it in the terms of like the narrative was pretty good, but I think it was just a fun game all together, all throughout. And it was kind of like a surprise hit. I didn't think that Vampire would do that well because You'll play Vampire, right? You'll play Vampire and you're just thinking, like, this is a good game. You know, mm-hmm. this is fine. I don't think it's going to do well because it's such a, it's a very niche thing. It's a very, you know, 
a Spanish flu, but you're a vampire doctor, you know, and it's got RPG elements. You don't think it's going to really hit like yeah. really home with a lot of people, but it did apparently more than um, Twin Mirror did, which again, with the sales of um, Twin Mirror, I'm not shocked because it wasn't really marketed that well. Vampire, on the other hand, I think was marketed pretty well. Like, I think we all hear, heard about it. We were all hyped for it. Um, they, they put out some great um, uh, explanations of the game as it was coming out. I thought, you know, the marketing for Vampire did it justice. And I don't think it was ever clickbait. I think we got what exactly what was being shown to us. Um, that's all I got to say. I don't want to spoil anything because it's <laughs> like, I want you to experience it. You know what I mean? No, so I, there, uh, no, I, I agree with what you're saying because I was looking at Vampire before I came on here obviously having read all fiscal reports and stuff. Sure. And it seemed like the kind of game that I really like, which is weird because it's like sitting in the backlog. And you it's know like, what? You, know, you would because of Horizon Forbidden West. You like those RPG elements. You like, you know, narrative stories. I, I think you would actually click well with it, especially because you like Metal Gear. Uh, I'm not saying exactly like Metal Gear, but it has elements. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like it's... um. Like I obviously like the setting of it, the kind of like you know it does look a bit niche, like the way they kind of marketing and like sure. the setting and stuff. It's not really a huge appeal to it. Um, so I think I think I saw someone actually say like you know this should set like the next Assassin's Creed game in Algeria. And I'm like, well, yeah, my like, you you get on the marketing team and tell me how you can sell an Assassin's Creed game in yeah. Algeria. I, I would love. I'm not. I'm not against it being in Algeria, but I'm like. You know, sure. there, there are certain, like, you know, we need to get in a place to sell a certain game and Algeria ain't going to be the biggest selling site. You know the next one, and they have to they have to do this to save themselves, the Assassin's Creed, um, feudal Japan. Like, they have to. Like, at that point, oh, you have to. Yeah, you know? that's that's a long, long overdue for... Um, it is, yeah. yeah. I know it has everything to do with um, a white man's DNA. I understand that. But, like, now they've gotten a far away from Desmond. Like they're they're not even talking about Desmond anymore. They're just talking about random DNA strands. So they could totally do any anything they want, which they did. They did Egypt. They did Greece. They did uh, Vikings. They could do literally whatever they want. They but should. to save the series, it, oops, excuse me, it's going to be feudal Japan. Yeah, they all should remake the first game and restart from a very flesh slate. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I'm catching up slowly in Assassin's Creed, trying to catch up where they are at the minute. Um, mm. But on to like actual don't nod um yeah it's like those kind of like it's very interesting when you paint the picture of like where the companies are what's selling well what isn't selling well because let me kind of give you something else as well. i went and got one of the press releases so um on business evolution 2021 they said for the 20, what, 2021 fiscal year dollar entertainment is expected to post strong um growth in, in its royalties which should increase by 52 percent to 5.7 million euros thanks mm. to and obviously they mentioned Twin Mirror in this, but um, the first point was an excellent back catalogue performance driven by Vampire, which has sold over 2 million copies worldwide since its June 2018 release. The popularity of the title remained very strong in 2021 with the 8 million downloads um, on um, Epic Games Store. Um, this co-production, which will be fully on time, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, so um, this is the studio's biggest financial success um, to date alongside Life is Strange 1. So... In itself, I remember Life is Strange once selling one million copies very quite early on in its development. And that an example in itself where you're like looking at like, right, Vampire has done really well. And obviously with yeah. the help of Focus Home Interactive, it's, it's done wonders for them. Um, but obviously, like as I said, six games in development. Um, realistically, 
maybe a Tell Me Why 2, which will probably be doing oh, a collaboration yeah. with Microsoft again, so they'll work with them. Yeah. Um, a Vampire 2, realistically, mm-hmm. or some kind of way it's equal to it. So that's obviously... You know, with- I thought the composer for a vampire, Olivier... Oh, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but uh, the the, uh, the composer for that, I I he put out a tweet a while ago, saying that like like kind of hinting that he's putting out a another soundtrack for another game, turned out to be Dying Light Two, but it, it was I it sounded a little bit like Vampire Two. I was like, oh, Vampire Two, and it's like Dying Light Two. I was like, oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> it's like I don't care. I like his music, but I don't care about that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that will be another one. Obviously, we um, have our Don't Nod Montreal crew. We were working on something, um, which I think that will be a big one that Don't Nod will try and sell. I think um, so, especially with six games. But, I but, mean, was, but we don't yeah. know who they're in bed with, the, the Don't Nod Montreal crew. Are they self-publishing this game? Is it with another publisher? Who are they oh. working with? Like, say, the details are so scarce on that project right now, what they're doing. It's like... right. We're trying to sit here and work out what they're doing and obviously like what's going on. And in itself, like all those games that I've now, so obviously Dota Montreal, Tell Me Why to Vampire. Um, those are just free games that I've said, like maybe have sequels and like those kind of things. So we obviously have three more games in there. Sure. Which we have no idea what's going on there. Whether they try to like, I don't know if they're obviously going to do another Twin Mirror, which doesn't seem likely, but like you've got three more games that we don't know about. And it's like, right. who's working on who? Are they working on a Life is Strange game? Could that possibly be a reality? Could it? But uh, could? But could it, Adam? Though see, you have to see. Now is, the tables have turned, yeah, Adam. You can't but, be doing this to me. I I get the little conspiracy theories, but, and you're like, oh, Adam, no, that you're you're sounding like a right git. Oh no! Yeah, but, 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 but you have to think about it because it's like in itself, like the the way that obviously people kept reacting to the news with Donut and um, Life is Strange and Square Enix was so ridiculous. I was like, why are people making this a big story? Like the IP belongs to Square Enix. Donut are like, yeah. we're going to go, the, the core team that worked on the that Life is Strange and we're going to move on. But like I said before, where is Raul Barbe? Like that's the big question. Because like, no, because like obviously you have to imagine Michel's last two games that he made have been co-directed with Raul Barbe. So in itself, sure. maybe someone at Donut Fault will take the two directors, split them. We'll send obviously Michelle to Canada and like with Luke and set up the studio. Not, not that they don't like him, but like, you know, to send him to Montreal, set, set, set a studio up there, get the new game working. But obviously we'll keep Raul here and he'll work on his own game, lead it and maybe do it in some kind of thing. So obviously like that's, what's he working on? Do we know where he is? Is he in Canada? He's not got social media presence. It's like, I'm so like figuring, but like, you have to question what those three remaining... Oh, even me saying that they could be making Vampire 2, that might not be happening. But there's three games there that I can't figure out what they're working on. So in itself, like, who are yeah. they working for? Are they self-published? Are they published with a big publisher? Who are the developers yeah. on it? I it's, really it's, hope they are making a Twin Mirror 2 because I, I think Twin Mirror deserves to be played. It, it's mm-hmm. such a good... It is really good. I enjoyed uh, Twin Mirror. I know they're not because it was it was a flop it was straight up a flop but like i think the game should get a second chance i loved the mechanics of it i thought i thought the setting was great i thought the characters were decently written and i think that the second game of that deserves it but i'll never get it i'll never get i'll never get that or sleeping dogs 2 i'll never oh no don't 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 sleeping dogs 2 is a sore subject i fucking love that game if you have never played sleeping dogs go and play it, it is abs- it is not Another square enix it is not asian gta as people say it is, it is actually no. gr- it is a 
great game. Go and buy it. Give it what it deserves. But in itself, you're talking from the perspective of a game where it's like, I love to see Twin Mirror 2. We're not seeing Twin Mirror 2. Not after what I I've read in the fiscal report. Because like, in itself, did you read Square Enix's fiscal report? What it said about Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I was busy moving. Well, <laughs> I, I, I would tell you that they didn't forecast the strong predictions. Oh, no, 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 no. I did read that part. Like I, I read like reports of that. But like, here's the thing. Square Enix is never satisfied. Ever like they're never satisfied. Now they they weren't satisfied with uh, Babylon's fall, but Babylon's fall was a uh, hot garbage fire. Yeah, but, um, but when you when you take a risk as a publisher like that, there's certain things that will sell for them. The one big one is obviously Final Fantasy. It's a huge system. It's a huge seller of units for that. But other games like that, they're taking a risk with. It. And if Guardians isn't selling as big as they think, because obviously they're basically maybe on the perception of what it's done in the um, in the film world. And all the MCU, like, and it's well, not. Well, like, I think it didn't really sell well because of Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers really yeah. hurt um, a Marvel game, like and Square Enix like, as well. Yeah, it, it ruined them. It yeah. straight up ruined them. Um, which is unfortunate, but like that, that that's what it does. It it, mm-hmm. it loses trust in a company and it loses trust in an IP. Um, so, like, take for example, like, let's say, oh. I, I don't know if Halo 4 was just a hot mess garbage fire. Did anybody buy Halo 5? Yes, they did. But, you know, not many people enjoyed it. You know, it, it loses trust in, in certain things, you know? Yeah. And on top of that as well, when the IP gets damaged, it goes on the shelf. Nothing is untouchable. IPs, even Life is Strange. If Life is Strange starts selling poorly, do you not think Square Enix might put it on hold for a bit? Do you think they're going to oh, start yeah. churning no. out more games? And the same with uh... like... What, who, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, that, that's right. Bioware put uh, Mass Effect on ice for a very long time because Dead Rising, dropping up. Dead Rising, Cap- they put that Capcom. on ice. Yeah, straight up. And yep. I, and I think that if Life is Strange Two Colors didn't do well, and I think it did. I think True Colors did just well enough where it, it wasn't put on. Yeah, yeah, it, it did it, well. Yeah, it, but, uh, we're talking in Square Enix's eyes. Yeah. We're not talking in anybody like else's eyes, but in Square Enix's eyes. You know what I mean? Like it did just well enough for Square Enix to be like, okay, we'll give you a shot. We got you. But yeah, you know, other than that, I think it would have been put on ice after True Colors if it didn't do, you know, the numbers that they wanted or expected. I don't think they expected Life is Strange True Colors to do really anything. And then it did something. You know, it gave a heartbeat and it's like, oh, okay, it's good. You know? Yeah. I think like the, the there's like a lot of um it's kind of a package with what they don't add. Um, games are because it's ambitious. Well, six games between 2022 to 2025. Yeah, I, after you, after a period of pandemic and stuff. Do you imagine that um, if we're going on on the range of 2022 to 2025, the three year span? Um, don't not Montreal. Do you think that's the last game to be revealed in 2025? Like, do you think that's going to be like the big finisher? See, that's like my, we'll come on to that actually, because there's actually a okay. topic later on. We'll put it in there, but it's an interesting question because that's, that's my perception has changed very early on from the other episode mm-hmm. that we did when we talked about it. So we'll come back to that because I've broken it away, but it's a good question. Oh yeah. What I'd ask you is those five games that we take out from, if we take out that one though, how would you release them in this three year window? Are you just dropping them? Are you firing them like a scattergun? Like what's What's what, what? Well, we don't know like the actual range because, yeah, mathematically speaking, you know, two a year, yeah, and I think that's fair, but it could be it literally, it could be for this year, and then the last one comes out in 2025. Like, yeah. it literally could mean anything. Um, how I would release it, I think I would release one in 2022, just one, 
that's it. That's all we really need just to get like the the range flowing because out of the pandemic era. And then I would release three in 2023. I would release three in 2023, making that four because we're coming out of a we're, we're coming out of a pretty mild year. Let's let let's put it that way because Elden Ring is the only thing we're talking about right now. And it's March, you know, I don't think, and here's the other thing. The next game is going to be Kirby. Kirby's going to be the big uh, talking point. And that's not even going to be, I think Elden Ring is going to outpass that because Elden Ring was so big. Uh, we might be talking about Pokemon this year, but kind of an mm. off year. So just release one this year, release three in 2023, because that's when video games are really going to ramp up again, honestly. Uh, and then I would release maybe one in 2024 and then one in 2025. That's what I would do. Yeah. I think like my kind of strategy would be, <laughs> yeah, my strategy would be a bit different. I would release the two per year, but I do one, year. do one that's done with the publisher. Okay. And then do one that's self-published because I don't know, obviously this I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that there's three publishers involved in here and three yeah. of them are independently done. So if you're in that format, I'd try and do it with like the covering of costs. Like obviously if I get into bed with Microsoft for tell me why too, they're paying, they're paying a lot of money for that, aren't they? Come on, like we sure. know Oh, we don't even know if they're going to be like console exclusives either. So I could release my three and one of them is an exclusive. And then the other two are just, you know. I think there's going to be very few exclusives in there. I think maybe yeah, if, no. if, if there's a tell me why too, then I think that's the exclusive. The other ones will be made across platform. I think the one that the Montreal crew are making is probably cross platform. I don't see that being any way, shape, or form because I don't know in the position yeah. where I, I can see the way that the studio is going. It wants to become a publisher with a, mm-hmm. a, a development team. It wants to essentially become like Square Enix, a big publisher yeah. with like a development team inside that can make games and kind of like spew them out. It's very early for it though. This is a thing, this is where they kind of like the process hits. And then when it's like Twin Mirror, Twin Mirror wasn't marketed well for me no it wasn't it no. was just it was like if you if you were don't not fan and you like life is strange stuff you'd follow don't don't know what they're covering but twin mirror never got the commercial appeal this is like when i said about the um them plugging the montreal game like get them out games award get them out whatever like try and get out as much as to people because like, if i feel like the what what the french team make at the donut are very specific to certain people and it resonates with them and then you eventually have like a standout like kind of like hits out and it has to be certain circumstances as well like they even said in like um with vampire the obviously yeah. the pandemic is a big factor to kind of swing into that um putting it on the epic game store with free release with like loads of people downloading it you know xyz playstation plus obviously i think when you put games on playstation plus you must get a big sizable cut from sony or something sure um yeah. so obviously they, they're looking at ways to kind of expand it and then vampires established itself and as i said before focus home is there as well to give it a bit more focus yeah. in the direction of marketing um so like that's fine for them i'm just kind of like curious of how these six games are and like because we just don't know what they are yet so like yeah not, they literally could be any ip but like we only know life is strange and vampire that's it that's yeah. the only ips we know none of them announced we know that obviously luke michelle the montreal crew are making a narrative game we know there's an mm-hmm. rpg game in development but nothing has a specific title so we don't know if it's an actually established game that they've already worked on is it a brand new ip is it mm-hmm. life is strange 4 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm now, joking. Here's the other thing, though. How many of the six are Life is Strange games? I'm thinking two. No, I'm no. Thinking, I think they're going to go off of the Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm, kind of like a like a little spin off, and that counts as a game. I think 
here's the thing they say six games and i think they're saying that in a way of just like technicalities you know like technically it's a game release you know like we didn't lie <laughs> um you know i mean i think i think two of them are going to be life is strange games no I, I the next the next <laughs> I, I've, I my belief is that the next game has to be developed by Deck Nine. The Deck Nine crew is kind of like taking the helm of this, but it could be mobile games. Just, maybe the, the, the just, only the only thing that makes me feel like it could be a Life is Strange game. I don't know. Potentially, Loki mm-hmm. worked on is if if Raul Barbe is there. I don't think they would make it without Raul Barbe there, because obviously yeah. if Michelle, Luke, and the other people are drifting off and they don't have the kind of like selling point of the life is strange game from developers who have previously made it. I think it's going to really hit, um, mm-hmm. you know, mur- murky water of that. Cause I think like it'd just be one of those. So, and, and, and I don't know, maybe don't know what is done with it, but I think like if anything, it could be a game that's being developed with Square Enix and that maybe, but like I said, we're probably gonna have to wait to see what's going to actually happen because like, yeah, not, we don't know anything about these games. Which, from what I know, it's there's an RPG game and a narrative game coming. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't we don't know anything. We literally don't know anything. And it could be, and that's the thing. There's so many technicalities that could they could do. Like I said, they could do two Life of Strange games, and one of them is technically a game. One of them could be a mobile game. One of them could be an NFT game. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's just like, no, it's don't not. It's not gonna be an NFT. Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. um it, it literally could be anything. And all they said was life is strange. I think technically the report said all it said was a saying that like, oh, Vampire and Life is Strange did well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to release six games. Uh, did they actually use the wording saying that like one of these games will be a Life is Strange or Vampire or they just acknowledged that these types of games do well? Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, like yeah, they basically acknowledge that those two are the big sellers for them so far, and that mm-hmm. the games that they're making in vain of it in terms of like an RPG and narrative game, which we know that there's an RPG game in development and a narrative game from Don't Know Montreal. So, obviously, and that's the thing. Like, there's so many technicalities that could go forward, and I don't want really to get my hopes up for anything because there's so many things that they could just swing around because it's such a vague statement. Six games in the next three years. And these are two nice games, and it could mean literally anything. Indeed. You know? should, should we um, cut into the next topic? Because I feel like yeah, we can yeah, focus on it. So obviously, yeah. again, it's coming to the fiscal report. This is going to be from Don't Know and Focus, Enta- Focus Entertainment's next RPG will, quote-unquote, ramp up development this year. This is from Gaming Bolt. So they've uh, written, Don't Know Entertainment has largely been known for its excellent narrative-driven adventure titles like Life is Strange and Tell Me Why. But the French studio has had some success in other genres as well. Back in 2018, the developer partnered with publisher Focus Entertainment, then known as Focus Home Interactive. I didn't realize they changed the name, okay. Um, for action RPG Vampire. And following the success, it was announced in April 2019 that the two companies would be partnering up for another game. Mm-hmm. Um, updates, obviously that pretty much for me is an indication that there is a sequel for Vampire, but it could be anything. We don't know. Um, yeah. Updates on that project have since been sc- uh, have since been scanned, but it seems it's moving full steam ahead. In a report outlining the company's outlook for 2022, Don't Know confirmed that it would be ramping up development on, on the Focus Entertainment published action RPG. The developer said, and I quote, in 2022, um, Don't Know will strengthen its production capacity in the buoyant action RPG segment um, through the ramp up of development of Project Eight, with Focus 
uh, Entertainment and the launch of a new production line dedicated to this segment, the developer says. Uh, details on the game are still scant, but in, uh, back in 2019, it was um, it was said that it would be one of the most ambitious his- ambitious in the history of the publisher and studio. Hmm. Interesting. Um, meanwhile, Donut has reiterated that it's making six games in development, as we know, um, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's another topic in there we'll come into shortly. But now this is interesting because it may be, I don't, obviously, I don't know the first time experience of playing Vampire, but are they trying to make it Vampire to a full-on like Horizon-style massive open-world game? Yeah, definitely. Because um, that sells. Like, honestly, open-world sell. Um and if you if you're trying to say like oh open worlds don't sell anymore, um, the two biggest games so far uh for uh, Horizon Forbidden Wilds and also uh, Forbidden West. Ring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Forbidden West and Elden Ring, and those are the top selling games so far. And Pokemon, Pokemon's going to be an open worlds RPG. So and- if you're trying to yeah. And on top of that, the Pokemon game that was just released, Arceus was open world, the first big one. So and if that. you're trying to tell me that like, oh, well, open worlds don't sell anymore, um, I call bull crap because they do. And I think that's what exactly is going to happen is that Vampire is going to be an open world RPG, much like Arkham City was, I think. More of like a, like a giant open HUD. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like super open. But I think it's going to be a lot. It's going to remind us a lot of Arkham City in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm going to take your word for it because I think like that's what I see with um what I see with the kind of like them doing with the game of, of Vampire Scale because it's like they mm-hmm. open world games are the thing now. Every game has a fucking open world in it. It's like been even open world for like 15 years at this point. Yeah, and probably five years like it's ramped up. Like I remember the last time I played it was like Gears of War five and it had like open world segment in it. I was like, why the fuck is this in Gears? Why keep it linear? It doesn't need it. And like some games, like when they like when you reshape a game and put an open world segment in it, then it works. But like other games had it, like Uncharted Four had it. I was like, what's what's this about? Last of Us Two had it as well. I was like, what the hell? Well, that game just doesn't need to exist anyway. But um, there's like loads of games for it, and like I think like what they've said in that is really interesting. Sorry, I'm also looking up. <laughs> what year was it 15 years ago <laughs> I'm trying yeah to... i think i think you might have um, I think you might have shot the gun on 15 well actually no maybe that was it the advent of like assassin's creed around that time coming around yeah 2007 2007 was um was assassin's creed mm. and that's the thing uh, assassin's creed the first game was it basically it was open world was, it was open world yeah. it, was, it was open world uh it had open huds within the open world but it was an open world game uh, so I am correct on that statement that open world games were the, the, the thing to go to. Because even in 2009, in uh, when Assassin's Creed 2 came out, that was essentially an open world. Um, so yeah, open worlds have been like a, like the biggest selling points of a game. Skyrim, 2011. You know, like it's been the, the biggest selling point of a game for 15 oh, years now. Fallout, Grand Theft Auto, Fortnite, they're all open world. Everything is open world. Like it's it's like the, yeah. the next stage in life i mean dying light 2 huge open world the, the next stage in a in a game's uh sequel not to say dying light the first one was an open world because it was um but even even session that i talk about a, a lot sessions the next uh, skateboarding simulating game is an open world it's an mm-hmm. open world so uh whether you want to say it's not or it is it is most definitely an open world game um 
but it's in the next stage of life. You know, things are going to be open world, and so is Vampire. That that's just facts. Yeah, and and um, don't all contain the gamble. Life is strange. <laughs> well, we had semi-open worlds, haven't we? Like all yeah. of them, all the well, most of them have been hubs, but like I think like True Colors tried to try and be an open world. It was very limited still, but you know. Tried yeah, to and a whole open world of emotional distraught. You know, I I love it. That would be the one. But um, on your point of um open world, I feel like because obviously Donut has more time to experiment with a game working with um focus, for example. Like they have that opportunity to like take a risk with it. I don't think I don't see any of their individual IPs being open scale, full open world games with like you know, um, without with them publishing it. I just don't think they're going to take the risk from it. I know that the studio. From the way that they always say it as well, they, they know they have to be very careful because like Remember Me was a big, big blow for them. They only right. really bounced back. I think Oscar Gabbard said himself where it's like they only really recovered because of Life is Strange's success. And like I said yeah. before, that, that was a sleeper hit. They didn't expect it to be as successful as it was um, Square Enix when it came out. It's like in itself, like they have to be careful what they're doing. They need to be very business savvy, smart with the decision with the games that they make. They will sell games or sell units with them, but yeah. it's like how much do you sell? And it's like when Twin Mirror doesn't sell as much and it wasn't necessarily a complete disaster in that kind of sense it's a very early yeah. kind of process then you have to kind of like pull it I mean, back it was a bit. days gone if we're really going to say it like that days gone yeah. wasn't a huge disaster but it was still oh mixed, great game you know i love days yeah. gone that was such a mm-hmm. that's such a shame the, 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 the potential in that game was the sequel which was more annoying i feel like if you want to take i haven't played it obviously twin mirrors you could probably make a sequel and try and build it but then you'd have to give it a big marketing push because you need to get out yes. there um, and yeah. that's like, that's the big issue with Donut. Cause basically you're in a position where it's like, you're selling something now on your own. How do you mm-hmm. do it? And how do you tap yeah. into it? Cause your studio isn't necessarily as big as Rockstar, as big as Naughty Dog, as big as some of the big hitters where they can just sell games themselves. You have to kind of position yourself in the market and mm-hmm. get as much appeal as you can out to it. Cause in itself yeah. as well, like the, the, this, this release window of all those games, like when you said free games next year, imagine you putting free games out in a year and then they say, oh yeah, we're going to launch, um, you know, the new Wolverine game from um, Insomniac or like, you know, the new Spider-Man game from... Oh, that's right. That's coming out in 2023, isn't it? Well, what, what, yeah, I think, I think no, I think Wolverine's quite late, but that's really an early development. I think Spider-Man yeah. is coming out in 2023. I think that's Sony's big one for 2023. Uh, speaking of way too early, and, and this is kind of like older news, uh, that Quantic Dream <coughs> Star Wars game, they're like, oh, yeah, it's so early. We might not see it until 2027. I'm like, what was the point then? What was that CGI? Like, they're still hiring for it. Yeah, but, so that's, what, like, but, that's, what, but that's what they do, though. It's like even during the Wolverine trailer. That, but during the, <laughs> the Wolverine trailer that they showed, for example. Um, well, for like, the, it was a teaser. That's yeah, the craziest part. But that they was do a that. Teaser. But they do yeah. that and then they put loads of jobs out afterwards expecting people to get hired because they want to obviously sure. upscale development. That's how they're going to do it. I think they're probably in the Montreal crew will do it when they drop their game. They'll probably be like, yeah, we're going to hire another UX designer or something like that. Just kind of just add on, add on to it. Um, they, it's just, it just seems to be the way that the industry goes. Um, but I think like with them as well, like obviously we let David Cage do his own thing as well. Um, man's emotionally yeah. working his, his way through thing but I think like mm-hmm. with, with Donut I think like the strategy obviously like you said putting three games out in that one year imagine if like you, you, you put a game out and then like Sony drops their news of like yeah we're gonna put Spider-Man out four days later you'd be like fuck if you're yeah. Donut because you have to move that game because you know way you're gonna put it in a frame window with other big hitters because at that point it's gonna be cannibalized but yeah. if it's a focus home interactive published game with mm-hmm. Donut's um involvement then they can move it into that window and be like if it gets cannibalized it's, it's on focus isn't it it's not really on yeah. don't know because it'd be like we're, we're only developing your game you're publishing it you're getting the marketing <laughs> out for it 
Um, but in itself, Focus won't do that because they, they're they're a, good, they're a good publisher in terms of what they know how to sell things. Um, so that was really interesting news. And it's, it's mm-hmm. the way that they're selling it, the way that I read it, because I wanted to break it away from the, the other segment of games we were covering. I think like it's just the way that it's worded. So I feel like the ambition is to um, go bigger with Don't Nod Games. I think it will eventually break out because I think you can't obviously... The, the kind of like the go-to one is obviously Telltale. You can't do the same thing again and again and again and again because eventually, mm-hmm. you know, Father Time catches yeah. up to you. And it's like, that's in the sense that you haven't modernized in any way, shape or form. And Don't Nod mm-hmm. probably has no intention of doing that. Yeah. No, that I, I totally agree, but uh, I have nothing more to add on that. Yeah. We will move on then to the next mm-hmm. piece, which is again from Don't Nod. We are continuing yeah, with yeah, Donut. As, as I said, a lot of news. This is, again, interesting news. So they are publishing another game. So obviously we gave you a bit of an update before, so I will take you back to Gaming Ball for this. So Donut may have started out um, as a small team making relatively niche games like Life is Strange, but the company has been expanding in significant ways of late. Just a couple of months ago, it was announced that indie studio Porter Play's narrative light RPG Gerda, A Flame in Winter, would mark the studio's publishing debut. And now we know that next step in that journey is going to be as well. Uh, what the, sorry, what? Um, Donut has announced that it will also be publishing the next game by Belgium-based studio, a Belgium-based team, sorry, Studio Tolima. The deal will also see the company co-producing the title with the developer, with Donut providing, quote-unquote, its knowledge and experience acquired with its previous titles, end quote, mm. to Studio Tolima quote-unquote, in order to support this future creation in its development and marketing, end quote. While the full extent of this co-production deal and what it will entail behind the scenes hasn't been detailed, Dontnod says in its announcement, and I quote, the controlled co-production developed by a handful of talents and based on a minimalist universe offers significant adaptation potential, both in terms of media, PC, mobile, tablet, and language versions to address the most dynamic markets, end quote. Um, Dota Entertainment will hold the majority rights of the IP, whatever it turns out to be. Details of what sort of game is in the works or what genre it will fall in are scant now. That said, the company says it will be publishing, um, says its publishing and marketing departments, quote unquote, have been strengthened and are now made of more than 20 talents, end quote and will allow it to, quote-unquote, support future game releases, whether self-published or developed by external studios, end quote. In addition to publishing titles developed by external partners, Don't Not also currently plans to release five self-published, internally developed titles by 2025. So in itself, I think that's a lot more ammunition there in terms of what we've just been talking about, that they've obviously beefed up their marketing team, which they need to do as well which is a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and they need that as well because it's not just for them selling their own titles. It's obviously for them selling these titles. So obviously like Gerda and this game from um, the Belgium studio, they're going to have to like sell their games as well. So obviously it's like, and when we covered Gerda as well, how many people really covered it? Mm, true. Like I don't think any at yeah. all. And, and, and that's not a dig on it. It's just a very niche game. It's from a very right. small indie studio of a very niche kind of subject and the, the way it's kind of market. Are you really going to sell it to mass consumers? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know it's just that last line that I, I'm I'm looking at right now, and I'm completely stupid. It's like um, part of the five or six games they're going to release in 2025 includes Gerda, right? Gerda, and then this game that they're going to be self-publishing. Is it, am I right on on thinking that 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 solves two of them at least? 
Maybe. So this is the other thing. So obviously if we're going to narrow it down, maybe it does include the ones they're getting involved in. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't know. That's the thing. God. Again, there's so many like technicalities on this. Like, I'm not trying to say that Gerda isn't a game. I'm just trying to say this. Like, Don't Not is releasing a game. We're not necessarily saying it's a Don't Not made uh, IP. It could be Gerda, which is published, you know, kind of like in a way of just like, Technically, Doom is a Bethesda game, but mm-hmm. would you think like Bethesda and Doom go together more often? But it's really like another studio doing it. Yeah, you know? and on top of this as well, the studio's putting um, its own workforce into this project, mm-hmm. which yeah. obviously is very reminiscent. Obviously, Square Enix, Square Enix external studios helped on Life is Strange many, mm-hmm. many times. So obviously, when the Don't Know crew were working on their games, that Square Enix externals developers would help them out on there. So this right. is kind of like very eerily similar to what. Um, obviously Donut has experienced before um, but yeah they, this is kind of a bit more reassuring this part is why I broke it away from the other news because it's like we don't know what the project yeah. is but it sounds again they're trying to build it it's very ambitious and I think they have to try and tap into a certain market and on mm. top of that the main thing is developing the marketing I think like that's what they need to realize more than anything else in that fiscal report the telling signs are there the fact that there's two games that you're most successful both have been published mm-hmm. by a big publisher and the one that you haven't that you publish on your own as a big kind of like thing didn't sell as well as you expected to there's the thing mm. there's the, there's the warning for you and that's what you need to deal with and once you deal with that you know yeah it's, it's all set um but i'm excited for don't not i'm excited for the for, for the future i think i think don't not is just i think don't not is just done with square enix i i think they've yeah. had enough of it uh, and they and they know from year after year of of what a publisher does, you know. At this point, because <clears throat> if we're gonna even just go on their their history from 2015 onward, excuse me, my goodness. Um, but they've had past with Square Enix earlier than that, I believe. But like, if we're gonna go 2015 to 2022, like that's seven years of just dealing with a publisher, and I think they're just sick of dealing with pub- publishers. So now they're just really taking that foothold and saying like listen, we're going to take active steps to do this. You know, we know how to publish a game. We're tired of dealing with this particular publisher. So now we are going to be the publisher and being the good guys here, you know? And I, and I think that's a natural step for a lot of people in general of saying like, listen, I'm an expert at this and I'm going to start my own thing. You know, that's why these indie studios are being made by industry veterans. You know, it's, a, it's the next stage of life saying like, well, I know how to publish this game. So I'm going to do it myself, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you because like, I think you have to imagine as well, like, you know, Luke, Michelle, all these guys, they worked on Life is Strange for how many years? It's like yeah, the opportunity yeah. to go out there and like, you know, not many studios get a, an opportunity to do like a lot of IPs fresh off it. Like look at Horizon, for example. Like that's yeah. a big, Guerrilla Games got a op- lifetime opportunity. They were basically the Killzone studio and do like a lot of other games. They didn't really get an opportunity to do an IP like that. It's been an mm-hmm. unbelievable success. They offer like, you know, these guys that opportunities go to Montreal, build their studio, you know, create their game, their vision. They're going to take it. And it's like, as you said, like the, 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 the grip hold up, obviously that you have a publisher like Square Enix mm-hmm. coming in. I don't know, obviously what they're doing, but they'll, they'll have an influence of what's going done on a project because they own an IP. So I think like yeah. in itself, I think like the ambition for Donut is to build itself into a big player in the industry and then in itself protect its own IPs. Because they don't want its own IPs, they'll want its own original titles. Where it's like, if it gets a big hit like Life is Strange, then it has an IP under its bank, and it's right. like, oh, this is really big. Um, 
it's it's interesting because I remember saying to you on um, your podcast last year, last year, I think last year, where I came it, on. Yeah, it might have been last year. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about tell me why. And I said to you that I think realistically that maybe don't not could get bought out by Microsoft, and that is still a yeah. realistic possibility as well. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Real, realistically, like there's nothing stopping you. If they can buy Activision, they can buy any studio on the planet. I just hope they don't. I really hope they don't. I feel like Don't Not's really getting their stride in. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. I it, hope not. It just depends on where Don't Not goes. This is the direction of it. Like, I, obviously, I don't know what the Tencent project involved is. There's, there's injection of money going there, for, obviously, from that Chinese um, part of the company, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. I, I'm very against in every way, shape, or form. It's, it's bad as well because Tencent and what they represent as well. And for a mm-hmm. studio that developed Life is Strange as well. It's yeah. A bit inter- yeah, especially like the themes you're sending. But anyway, get away from that. We don't know what that project is. They're getting money from certain kind of like string and obviously yeah. building, keep building, and then hopefully the ambition for the studios to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I feel like they'll be in a, in a comfortable position, but you can't rule out a big publisher coming up and being like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah come over. It, it's, 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 still, it's still early days, but, you know, see what happens yeah. with that. Yeah, it's still early to tell. Um I, I think it's going to be, I, I think next year we're really going to see like where this goes. I mean, this year, mm. I think we just need to write it out. We just need to watch Elden Ring take game of the year this year and, you know, kind of go on to the next year. Forbidden uh, Forbidden West is not winning game of the year. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't, I can't be asked with like the Elden. I don't even, I don't even play those Souls games, but people in that community just piss me off. It's like, they make out like this, the best thing since Slice Brand. I'm like, come on, I've seen better games. It looks, it looks, yeah. some of the games, are, well, do you know what? I will say this as well, because I've seen Luke and Michelle tweet about Elden Ring and maybe their game gets delayed because they might be playing a lot of Elden Ring. <laughs> They're just like Elden Ring. Dude. Yeah. But, yeah. And I wouldn't blame them either if they got like <laughs> completely yeah, taken right? away. Um, and that's the thing. We, we just got to ride this year out. Um, let Pokemon come out and all this. And I think next year is the year for Don't Nod, honestly. Yeah. I think there'll be a big push next year. Definitely. So I'm um, actually, we'll go on to the final topic, which is very small, but just kind of thing, yeah. which is obviously um, big mention from michelle um dropping a little tweet uh, late last month which we're obviously addressing in march so he's put um it's already been one year since we moved to montreal and i couldn't be happy um happier sorry i'm loving the place the people and the vibe we are building a wonderful team at don't know montreal and working on a kick-ass project life is good so life is good is obviously not the name of the video game as people have all been like saying, you know, well, why would he say life uh, is good? Life is never good, Michelle, especially uh, in Canada. <laughs> um, so no, I dropped that in there because obviously it comes back to what you asked me before, which I completely forgot about what you can, uh, if you actually remember you know, what it is. Um, wait, I'm sorry. What I was uh, reading the replies to see if Michelle is like hinting anymore in the replies. What no, was your question? I'm sorry. Was it that you asked me if this game could come out this year? Or be announced this oh. year. Yeah, no, it's there's no I, chance. I, because my, like, yeah, we can I like this is in quote with his tweet right here. We are building a wonderful team, building, actively building. They don't have the full team yet, and working on a kick-ass project. You know, it's just like. It, it's going to be I, the last I, game to be released. Yeah, I got carried away with the motion capture and stuff like that. I was like, maybe they're kind of like making serious headway. But um, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's not... Um, it doesn't seem to be as as far into development. I think my prediction of it being announced maybe this year was a bit premature. Oh, yeah, no. it's um, I'm, I'm taking that statement back. It's not going to be announced this year. It might be announced... It might be like announced tease 
next fall. I'm not talking about this fall. I'm talking about fall 2023. So you think like a so so in your mind, you think they're going to announce it next year, and this will be the last game in that calendar of you know. I don't think they'll announce it. I think there will be like a little teaser of just like kind of like the creators of Life is Strange are you know in a project. Can they use that? Can they use that? I don't think so. I don't know. Like, I don't know the legalities of it. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I'm, I'm just some guy who hangs guitars on walls. You know, <laughs> I'm, I, I need to go back and watch. I will probably try and watch this for the next episode. I'll go back and watch some of the Tell Me Why stuff. I'm pretty sure they would not be able to use the, from the creators of Life is Strange. I just, have, yeah. I, just have a, I just have a funny feeling. Obviously, because it's a big set marketing point. And like when I took you back to my example from Death Stranding with Kojima, his name sells in itself. But like you yeah. know, they, they never used from never, Sony never used in the marketing from the creator of Metal Gear never. Solid. They just use Kojima, but like like yeah. you said, Kojima is pretty much the same thing. You know, yeah. like you're gonna say like, oh, made by Kojima. It's like, oh, interesting. Um, because Kojima is synonymous with Metal Gear. You know, it it definitely is. Whereas like you can't really say like from the creators of Skyrim, and you can't just say Todd Howard. To yeah. like really anybody because like Todd Howard, there's um, I, it's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Shinji Mikami's the uh, um Hideo Kojima's the um you know the big names that stand Miyazaki's. out Miyazaki's Miyazaki's yeah, yeah. The, the 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 ones who define the industry like you know Spielberg's they're the ones who sell it obviously other people you like from the creators or whatever and that's not disrespectful it's just some no, people no, tra- it's just, some people transcend their medium you really have to like follow games news to really uh, like know who Todd Howard is. Mm-hmm. Um, versus you just have to be like into video games to know who Miyazaki is or uh, Kojima, especially. Um, I would even say David Cage falls in that category. You know, like you don't really have to follow games news to know who David Cage is because it's kind of like it, it's again, it's synonymous to Quantic Dream. But yeah. um, wh- whether or not he's, you know, a trustworthy person. I'm just saying that his name sells games. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, any legality issues with this podcast, please. I'm in Europe. Yeah. Like already. Oh, yeah, you're, 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 you're already like, yes, but no, mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean. I know you mean it's like, you know, Mizaki is the Kojima is the Shinji Mikami is the David Cage is the, you know, the Neil Druckmann's the people like those will just sell the games. And I don't think Neil Druckmann actually, is, I don't think that's, that might be a bit too much premature for saying that, but there's some big ones, obviously Miyamoto as well. I feel like we missed a big dog off there. Um, so they sell it, and I think like this is the one where I think like they will have to put a lot of focus on this. Um, don't nod to get like mm-hmm. a lot of support behind it and sell this project will be big. I think I'm I'm hoping that the game that they don't know Montreal Crew is if it's narrative driven and stuff, they will they can have that kind of like they don't have to say from the creators life is strange, but you'll know who they are. And you just need to yeah. put them in places and kind of sell things and like build whatever whatever they're doing. So in itself, I think like I'm very excited for this project. Um, as I said, there's not a huge amount of speculation or anything for this tweet. I feel like it was just a nice you know, little casual update. Um, and like you said, I think my perception has changed from it maybe being announced this year to next year. Now. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. So I don't think it's even going to be teased this year. Not even close. If it's just like working on it and their, their plan schedule is 2025, it's not even going to be teased this year at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. But yeah, I think I'm done. You got anything else, Todd? Um, Stand with Ukraine. Stand with Ukraine, yes, and fuck Putin and him. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, big big uh, shout out to the the man who runs the uh, Life is Strange timer Twitter account who lives in Ukraine. I've been following. Yeah. I've been following some of his tweets and um, his Instagram. Yeah, I'm not sure stuff. what 
what his name is, but you know, he's, he's located in Kiev. Um, you know, he's, he's been showing like a lot of pictures of what's been happening in Ukraine. And, um, there's a lot of suffering going on. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the U S is like taking some stance to like take some sanctions on, like, uh, I'm very thankful for Xbox for, you know, taking away any sales going to Russia, you know? So like, there's, there's a lot of things that like they're taking a stand against to really, um, block off Russia. So, you know, go with that. Fuck mm-hmm. Putin. Indeed. And it's just not us see the horrific images of people in the middle of a mainland war in Europe. Um, so yeah, my heart is right with the people of Ukraine and to the guy who runs also the Life is Strange Twitter, um, Life is Strange Timer Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I hope you stay safe. But yeah, that'll be our episode for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed. If you are on YouTube, please do leave us a like, subscribe, comment in the, um, you know, in the YouTube section. Let us know if you actually have an Xbox like Adam. We need to know if there's more than one person on Xbox in there. Um, but yeah, do leave us your thoughts in there. Are you excited for any of the don't know projects? Do you think they're doing something that we don't know about? Anything mysterious? Let us know in the comments. And obviously you can catch us on podcast services. We're on Apple um, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on like God knows how many services. They're in the links as well. So you can access this play- podcast in many places. And if you're listening on the RSS feed, you can come to YouTube and listen, watch us in video version as well. And yeah, if you're on the podcast services, please do leave us a like, subscribe and comment and all that, you know, it helps the, the algorithms and whatever. But yeah, um, great episode. Um, we will see you in two weeks. I imagine for a lot more Life is Strange conversations, but until then, take care, guys. We'll see you later. Later.